Welcome to Hour of Devastation, a weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joel Alvin, and with me as always is Sam Neill. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? Uh, still trying not to melt. Still hot. Yeah, same. It's pretty hot here now again. Yeah, we just live in a hot country. Uh, I hate it. Uh, all my foils are starting to warp. Uh oh. I want it to start. I just want rain. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's. Apps, I just want some rain. I think it's rained like twice, maybe, in the past fortnight now. I think it's rained twice in the last like three months. Mm. <laughs> it's completely ridiculous. Yeah, have you got like hosepipe bands down there or something? Not yet. They reckon it's probably going to be in August if it doesn't rain before then. Cool. Wow. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't look like anyone's been using that hose because all the ones are dead. What's <laughs> dead? Everything's dead. It's canny um, uh, hot, like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, like I'm, I'm just gonna keep saying it every week until it's true anymore. Obviously, <laughs> this podcast is it's just mainly me complaining about how hot it is. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> how are you doing? Yeah, I'm not so bad. Like again, it's gotten pretty hot again here. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of getting a little unbearable now, which kind of sucks. But whatever, I'll live with it. You live in the north; it can't be that hot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're just not used to it being like vaguely tepid. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> so, how's your week been for Magic? Have you played any Magic this week? I have played literally zero Magic. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, I'm... Which feels bad. I wanted to get, like, a draft done at some point. Yeah. Um, but, I don't know, M19 isn't inspiring me as much as Dominaria did. Yeah, um, totally. And it's a lot harder to make time to yeah. the draft when I'm, like, not particularly inspired by the format. Um, yeah, definitely. Give me more, so... Finding that um, myself as well. Yeah, and then... You know, I've got an actual life to deal with. Yeah, totally. Totally Magic understandable. Often comes before Magic cards. Um, yeah. And then I just couldn't bother to go to FNM because I didn't want to play Marvel or Standard. Yeah, that's, that's good. Because neither acceptable. of us are um, I'm really off on at the moment. Yeah. But yeah, I think I am too. see FNM this week, so I'm Sweet. definitely going to be playing Magic. Sweet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've, I've played like no Magic. I've been like keeping up to date on like the five list and stuff and reading some articles but in terms of actually sitting down and playing with some cards that hasn't happened cool have you played magic um a surprising amount i think um more oh, than wow. i was yeah more than i was expecting to this week so i, I thought again yeah, i was gonna have a bit of a, a slow week but i ended up just mm-hmm. playing a lot of standard okay like somehow over over the weekend i must play like nine hours of standard sweet yeah okay. so i've been trying to decide for ages like what deck am I going to play at Nationals? Like, how am I just going to play Mono Red? Like, is Mono Red even a good deck anymore? Like, do I just want to bite the bullet and buy, like, the bits I'm missing for Grixis? Should I play something completely different? Uh, obviously, I'd, I'd brewed up, like, a, a Mono Blue paradoxical outcome if a Flux Reservoir thing a couple of yeah. weeks ago, just to, just to have some fun with and jam some casual games. Uh, and then mm-hmm. one of my friends had also plays the that deck on Magic Online, so they lent me their Magic Online account to... So I get some playtesting done, and yeah, like I said I must have played literally countless games for about nine hours over the weekend. Purely standard, purely that deck. And I yeah. didn't drop a single game. Wow. Okay. So That's quite the endorsement for that deck. Yeah, absolutely. So I think I think now, like, obviously you play players of varying skill levels across your many games that you have on Magic Online, and mm-hmm. you know the the meta game at nationals or. Or in general, really, could be completely different, even like this time next week. So, I feel like it, it might still be a little bit early, too early to sort of lock it in as, as my deck of choice. But I, I think, yeah, I think I think I'm pretty settled on it now. Sweet. Okay. 
and I know at least like Good. I just did something fun I enjoy playing as well so you know when I do scrub out and go like X and 4 at least, at least I'll have fun doing it sure yeah that, I mean that is important when you're playing a big event like if you're trying to win take a good deck but I'll tell you something that won't just make you want to cry yeah totally like just jamming chain winners all weekend won't be fun no no I can't, I can't imagine that'll be fun one bit really uh well if you win the tournament I guess it is but... yeah I guess so <laughs> true but, yeah, but besides that I've done uh, one total core 2019 draft mm-hmm. again just not really feeling it like it's like, I don't think the, the format is it's particularly bad or like terrible like I've, I've seen and like heard stuff varying am- amounts of, sort of negativity thrown at it and I am certainly down myself on it like yeah. prior to the set coming out and you know especially coming back off the back of Dominaria and how good that set was yeah I think like you said like I'm just not inspired to play the format like I don't find it particularly fun I don't find it exciting at all so again mm-hmm. I just haven't really been motivated to play it other than like I need to get some draft practice in specifically for nationals so I know which cards are good and which cards are not good rather than like oh I'm dead excited to draft this I'm going to draft it for fun mm-hmm. I'm just like no I just need to need to know what's real what's not you know maybe I'll do like a handful more drafts before the event but I think once nationals is done I can't see myself drafting it again no it's a shame I mean like this is the thing like it's not um, it's not by any means a bad set like yeah I've, I've enjoyed the drafts I've done but it's not anywhere near like the level I was doing before yeah totally something I want to do it's something well I'm not saying it's, cause if it's not something I want to do I'd never do it but <laughs> it's not something I'm excited to do it's just like there's a draft going on I'll do it yeah um, like we have Wednesday night drafts so I'll go to a Wednesday night draft and that is the format so that's fine and because I enjoy drafting but yeah like I said with Dominaria I was just drafting it every like so many times every week just online and yeah, whenever I could. Same. Yeah, we'll get oh. into it a bit more when we, we hit our main topic this week because we are going to kind of take a little bit of a, a closer look at just corsets in general and kind of what they mean and how M19 sort of measures up to, to the corset model. Does it do its mm-hmm. job? We'll find out. Before that, should we do a cracker pack? Yeah, now that we've uh, just talked smack about the set, <laughs> how bad it is draft? Yeah. So, a bit. <laughs> That's it. Like it may not be an exciting experience to draft, but I think every every pack should be a lesson. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, considering I haven't played any magic this week, I actually had to go out and buy this one. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> right. First it's commitment. Card. Cool. What have we got? Wall of Mist. Oh, uh, it's one of blue for an O five defend. Yeah, it's surprisingly playable, but I don't think I would ever first pick it. I mean, I'm hoping to not first pick it. Definitely not. Oh wow. Okay, we've got a repeat of two weeks ago. <laughs> Spark Tongue Dragon. <laughs> yeah, that dragon's good. Yeah, five mana three through flying, and you can kick it when it enters for three mana, and it deals three damage when any target. It's uh, it's very good. Yeah, I really like red as just a color in general in this in this draft format, and mm-hmm. I mean any big flyer is going to get the job done. I like that dragon a lot. Yeah, the cards are great. Like yeah. yeah, I mean it's nice to have an aggressive red deck in the format that's actually sort of playable. Yeah, but then like the like the divination decks and the deadlier decks aren't horrible as well. Yeah, totally. That's one thing I've enjoyed about this format. It's like you can play the the really aggressive red white deck or sort of the red black deck but then the sort of blue nonsense decks are still viable yeah totally which is good cool I'm taking this dragon so far yeah I agree 100% uh, and it's better than Macabre Waltz uh, one of the for sorcery return up to two target creatures from your graveyard to your hand then discard a card yeah it's not great like again it's it's probably quite playable in the right deck but mm. uh, it's just not as good as that dragon no nowhere near uh, we have Take Vengeance 
one and a white for sorcery, destroy target attack creature. Um, hmm. how good is this? I don't actually know how to value this card. Um, I I quite like it. I think it's obviously the the format is is very sort of you know back to basics like attacking with creatures and blocking with creatures. And I think I think sometimes you just need that that you know that removal uh, i think i think in this particular format it's a lot better than it would be in other formats like sure obviously i would much prefer it if it was an instant but mm-hmm. i think given just how scarce removal can feel and how important a removal like this is to the format i think take vengeance might actually be my pick here really over the dragon yeah over the dragon i do love that dragon but I think, from at least from my experience so far, like removal is so necessary. Sure. Okay. I think I'm still taking the dragon, but yeah, that's that perfectly acceptable. I think. I just always like taking proactive first picks. Yeah, totally. Um, I'd rather because this is like one of the bombiest commons you can get. Yeah. So I think I'd rather take that over the removal so far, but yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah you, you might you might totally be right, but like I said, I think from my very limited, no pun intended, experience so far. Uh, yeah, it kind of was. <laughs> my experience so far, just that like unconditional removal, like take vengeance, just is is really necessary. Like you really need it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, it's probably better than uh, Titanic Grave. Oh yeah, I agree a hundred percent there. Um, like again, like Titanic Grove isn't isn't really that bad. Like it's a fine combat trick, and mm-hmm. I've certainly cast one and get through for lethal damage as well. Yeah. But. You don't ever want to first pick this card. Yeah, you, like I don't know what the hell's going on with your pack if you pick this. Yeah, <laughs> certainly not better than the other cards. Then we have Gearsmith Prodigy. It's a blue for a one-two, uh, and it gets plus one plus zero as long as you control an artifact. Yeah, I I just don't think this card's good enough. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, like it's too aggressive leaning, and I don't like the the rest of the blue deck. The rest of the blue cards don't make an aggressive deck particularly. Yeah, totally. So I find this underwhelming. Yeah, I, I agree hundred percent there. Uh, I yeah, I think like unless. Unless I'm desperate for you know low cost creatures, I wouldn't mm-hmm. be playing. You wouldn't even play the card to be honest. No, like if you end up in this deck somehow, then sure. But yeah, yeah, I'm not taking it. Oh, I'm also not taking Field Creeper. Uh, no, I agree. Um, again, I just don't think it's a particularly good card. Like, obviously there are applications for it in the artifact based decks, but mm-hmm. certainly not going to first pick this card. Yeah, uh, we have Dwarven Priest. No, again, I don't think that's any better than the Sparkton Dragon. Uh, and it's certainly not better than Take okay. Vengeance. No, no. You don't, you don't, this card got any application at all? Uh, I think I think it's certainly playable. Mm-hmm. Like four mana two four is like it's a fine body. Like it's going to block quite a lot of things, not most things in the format. And like the life gain is definitely a real thing in life gain deck. But I, I just don't think it's sort of first pickable. They're kind of like sure. the support cards. Like once you're already in that, you know you're already in that archetype or leaning towards the archetype. They're kind of, they're kind mm-hmm. of the cards you want to pick up then. Sure. Uh, next we have Telerian Scholar. No. Uh, I remember this card was like exciting. <laughs> I first picked this card before in Dominaria. Oh really? Yeah, because like it, well, I mean the, the rest of the pack was pretty crap. But, yeah. Um, yeah, because the wizard deck was actually like just having an incidental three mana wizard was just great in the wizard deck yeah yeah definitely like, turn those decks on but like that isn't a thing in this set so this is just strictly filler yeah I agree like I kind of did a bit of a, a 180 on Tyrion it's gone as I feel like a lot of people did like in Dominaria like when it was first spoiled it was like three mana two three this is absolutely terrible but then as soon yeah. as people got to play the format it was like oh no wizards are as a real thing like yeah it's actually this great. card's fine like it's decent it's like you know totally acceptable pick 
mm-hmm. but you're quite right you don't have any of that here at all and it's, it's a three mana two three which is kind of poor at best to be honest then we come to the last common yeah which I don't know how to evaluate this card we have Vampire Neonate hmm I also don't know how to evaluate this card it's a single black for an 3 yep and, and you can pay two and tap it and each opponent loses one life and you gain one life yeah, I think. Straight B. Yeah, I, I think if you're in the right deck, like it's it's like it's certainly like a bit of a build around, and like you need to be either in the life gain deck or sort of pushing for the life gain deck to get the full value out of it. But it, I feel like there's a lot of potential in that card. Yeah, I mm, I could see it being good at some point, but at the moment I'm really not big on it. Yeah, uh, it. I think I'm the same like it's not something I would you know actively seek to play like unless I was specifically in a deck with a lot of life gain synergy and was you know putting counters on things and mm. making tokens and things with it with the life gain from it sure yeah other than that I, I wouldn't be too excited to play it currently yeah I agree I'm still taking the dragon type arm cool I'm still on that take vengeance sure oh we did it what have we got what have we got sky rider patrol ooh nice this is the, the blue green card yeah um, so I think this is like this is one of the cards that's good enough to put it into two colours. Yeah, I I think so. I think Skyrider Patrol and Psychic Symbiont definitely are mm-hmm. the two that you would quite happily pack one, pick one, and commit to those colours. Yeah. Uh, I think like Heroic Reinforcements and Regal Bloodlord, are, yeah, You're probably right Poison Tipped Archer as well are, are just behind it too. Mm-hmm. So I think. Yeah, I think it depends. The complexion there is the pack. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, this is, this, I think this is just the best card so far. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I think a low removal is necessary. Like, you, you just get so much value from Skyrider Patrol. Yeah, it's nuts. Cool. Okay, well, I'm taking that so far. Yeah, me too. Uh, Siegebreaker Giant. Ooh. I got this card was on the set. Yeah. <laughs> three, red, red, three red red for a 6 3 with trample. Um, and you can pay three and a red, and Tiger Creature can't block this turn. Yeah. Uh, again, it's like in the specific deck, so in obviously like some sort of red white aggro deck or like even even like mono red like if if you can do that like it's a really good card yeah five mana six three decent stats with trample like pretty good and then that ability making so you make like the bigger creatures unable to block so you're just gonna get through the worst if they chump block with something small you're just gonna get your trample damage through as well Mm -hmm. i think it's a pretty decent card but i definitely wouldn't take it over the uh sky of patrol now okay sure so we're still on patrol oh yeah, the next one's not great either. Lane and Vanguard. Hmm, no, again, like, you really need to be in that specific deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, like, I, it, there's too much work to put in to get, make this card good. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah, it's just it's just not great. Like, I suppose if you're firmly in the life gain deck, you can take this at some point, but, yeah. like, picking it pack one is just nuts, I think. Yeah, totally. And, like, I, th- I think they there might actually be some applications for it as far as, like, Constructed goes, like, stick it in the cat deck, and it, it seems like it's, you know, maybe a tier 2 deck, between, mm-hmm. like, Lean and Vanguard and, like, a Johnny's Pride yeah, Mate and, like, Pride Sovereign, like, yeah. seems like a thing in Constructed, yeah. but it's uh, certainly yeah. not going to happen in Limited. Nah, it's, it's, it's too much that has to go right. Yeah. Cool. Well, now it comes to Rare. Yeah, what have we got here? Spitflame. Hmm. Two in a red. Yeah. Deals for damage target creature. Whenever a dragon enters the battlefield under your control, you may pay red. If you do, return it to your hand. I, I like this card. Yeah, I quite like this card as well. Like, I feel like it feels really weird for this card to be a rare. Just have like a like a burn spell as a rare. Yeah, I think well, it's not even a burn spell. Just a spell that does four damage to a creature. Yeah, I think it's 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 a flavor thing, and like it's the fact that it's I don't know. But then again, they've put um I was going to say because of like the complexity of the card, it's a rare, but. Like punishing fire is an uncommon. Yeah, and that has very similar attacks. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it's for flavor reasons, but quite I think, probably. Um, I think I want to take it. Yeah, you think it's better than Skyrider Patrol? I'm not sure if it's better, but 
like I like I like the red decks in this format. Yeah, I agree. This kills a lot of things. Yeah, it, I mean, it kills pretty much everything apart from like Runagamasaur and Colossal Dreadmore and maybe Gigantosaurus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like stuff like Sparks on Dragon. Like, there's a there's a couple of dragons in the set that like insanely hard to cast. Yeah, totally. So like we'll take like volcanic dragon stuff like that. Like yeah, the actual dragon claw probably isn't completely irrelevant, but just like a three mana four damage to a creature at instant speed is just probably good enough. Yeah, I, I, th- I think I might have to agree with you there. Like it, mm-hmm. it feels very weird this being the rare and first picking this card as a rare. But yeah, yeah I, I think it might just have to be the pick here. Yeah, it's just it's it's just good. Yeah, um, totally. It sucks past the patrol, but like yeah, I, I'm taking this. I, I like the red ducks. Sure. Yeah, I, I think I agree here. Yeah. Ooh, we got a, we got a jewel land. Oh, nice. Which one did we get? We got red green. Cool. Maybe we'll take... maybe we'll get that on the re- on the wheel and be in some sort of red green dragon deck. Red green monsters. Maybe yeah. Ooh, I've actually I've actually noticed that the, the jewel lands seem to wheel quite a lot more than I thought they would. Yeah. Like they, I don't think they get any respect they deserve in the format. No, I I think they're absolutely fantastic. Like I've mm-hmm. I've taken them sort of fairly highly. Like if there's been like other cards in my color. And I'm like, well, I would prefer this so I can splash. So I can definitely do this. Like, mm-hmm. definitely, definitely taking jewel lands sort of quite, quite respectfully. I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm not taking it over Spitflame. <laughs> oh no, certainly not. No. But uh, yeah, okay, sweet. That was an actual interesting pack of M19 to talk about. Yeah, totally. Once, sweet. Okay. I hope they hope they continue that way. Yeah, I should probably do a draft at some point, right? Yeah, get some practice in before nationals. Uh, what before I go and play old school all weekend? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I might do a draft. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. So, with our pack done for this week, let's move on to our card of the week. So, what is your mm-hmm. card of the week this week, Sam? So, we talked about uh, Commander 2018 last week. Yes, we did, yeah. So, it give it a bit of pre-hype, because we knew that spoilers were going to start this week. Mm-hmm. And we have we have a few spoilers. Yeah, we do. And they look pretty cool. Uh, so, my card of the week is one of them, and it is Enchanter's Bane. Cool. Which is a very cool card. So it's uh, one of the red for an enchantment. At the beginning of your end step, target enchantment deals damage equal to its converted mana cost to its controller, and has to play a sacrifice. Sort of. Seems pretty cool. Which is weird. Yeah. Um, but essentially, it's enchantment hate in red, which yeah. red has never never had before. Yeah. Never had enchantment destruction, right? As far as I'm aware, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still very red. It's still yeah. a very rare card, which is sweet. So like, because that this is sort of the beauty of the commander sets is that they get to sort of. <sighs> mess with the colour pie a bit yeah, yeah. and they get to do things outside of sort of the colour's traditional traits but they've still kept it very much in flavour it's still very much a red card yeah totally um, and maybe mono red will now be slightly less embarrassing than it was before yeah um, I I think there might even be application like sideboard application for this in uh, Legacy Burn as well of course you do yeah. <laughs> hey like enchantments is a, is a thing it's definitely a thing yeah I, yeah. I mean if they have an omniscience yeah they probably just win the game before this matters. Maybe, Speaking probably. Of, right, right, yeah, so. true. I just, I just think this card's sweet. I think we're getting better. We're getting closer to a mono red deck and Commander being not completely embarrassing. Yeah, totally. I just really like the flavor. I like I like the way that it's designed. The fact that the the, the enchantment deals the damage. Yeah. It's like it's not the enchantment's bane that deals the damage. It's the enchantment itself. Yeah. That's targeted that deals the damage and then they have the option to sacrifice it. Um, so it's still it's still like sort of chaotic and red, like they, they get the choice. You don't get to like you don't get to just like naturalize something. Yeah, true. Um so if you're playing like a deck that cares about doing damage, you could just start doming people. Yeah. Uh, with this card. And I just really like it. I just think it's a really cool design. Um, and I think that's 
sort of just the beauty of the command sets is that every time there's, an, there's a new card that they print, uh, the designs are always just so whether they're good or not. Like we've had some really crap cards before in commander sets um, that are just really well designed yeah. and really cool. And if you compare this to like Trino Nemesis, which is one of the most boring design cards ever, <laughs> but happen to be one of the most powerful cards that they've designed for a commander set. Yeah. <laughs> um, then I just I just think I just I'm just excited where commander's heading just as a format and how what's he how seriously what's he taking it. Yeah, totally. Um, and how much work that we're willing to put in because it's just. It's just such sweet designs. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I like it a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, while we're on Commander 2018, should we talk about the Planeswalkers? I mean, should we? They're not official spoilers yet. Yeah, I mean, I mean one of them is. I mean, yeah, well, one of them literally is, but I mean, ooh, we could get in some trouble as if anyone from Watsy actually cares about our <laughs> let's, um, uh, let's, let's go for it. Why not, eh? Yeah, sure. So we've, we've actually had the... I mean, so one of them... We've actually had one, which is officially from yeah. you know, magic.wizards.com. And then the three others we got from Reddit, I think. Yes, yeah. That's where they initially appeared. Yeah, it looks like... Uh, I think it was a Russian store has taken photographs of them and then they got to somebody and then somebody uploaded them to, to Reddit. So, yeah, well out in the wild by now and I think most people will have seen them at this point. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, this goes out and our podcast goes out in two days' time from recording, right? Yeah. So there's there's time for other people to make the same mistake and... <laughs> and there's, there's time for this, these cards to actually be spoiled, right? Yeah, totally, absolutely. Um, but they're sweet. Yeah. So do you want to just uh, do you want to pick the ones that actually been spoiled? Because I also know that you love this card. So yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll go through them, I guess. Uh, so first up, we got Sahili the Gifted. Uh, mm-hmm. It's two, a blue and a red for a legendary planeswalker. Sahili. Uh, she comes in with four loyalty. And she has plus one, create a 1-1 one, one colourless servo artifact creature token. She has another plus one, which is the next spell you cast this turn costs one less to cast for each artifact you control as you cast it, which seems pretty good. Uh, and then we got minus seven, for each artifact you control, create a token that's a copy of it. Those tokens gain haste, exile those tokens at the beginning of the next end step, which just seems a, a little bit ridiculous. You also missed Sahili the Gifted can be your commander. Yes, Sahili the Gifted can be your commander. Which is, I think, the most exciting thing about these, but... Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I think I think we'll have that conversation when we've gone through them all. But yeah, this this card's uh, this card's great. Yeah, I think it's really cool. Like I I love the like the old Sahili card is, is like very underrated. I think in my opinion, like I love the color combinations. I think the character's great. Like I love the abilities. So I I quite like that they've very much sort of kept that artifact theme with this new one and her abilities seem like they could be pretty powerful because you find that artifact strategy like, I mean I'm no authority on commander but you find that artifacts are very plentiful and very powerful in the format yeah I'm just I think so like so the plus one make a server like whatever that's fine yeah um, plus one like the next spell you cast cause one less like for each artifact you control yeah so I mean just generally you have like a soul ring like a one power stone thran dynamo yeah just stuff like that and I imagine if this is your commander you're probably building some kind of artifact deck yeah totally I imagine there's a fair few artifacts um, and yeah that seems very very powerful for a plus one specifically yeah like you can just cast like a blightstall classes yeah for like uh, literally yeah for, like, for literally, literally yeah, free on like turn five or something like yeah and it's like it's a plus one not a minus yeah or a zero so you, you still get close to the ultimate yeah um and then obviously like the ultimate's just stupid yeah um yeah this card's really good um and yeah i mean it's, it's annoying because people have been like clamoring for a red blue artifact commander for years basically yeah, yeah. and they printed joyra yeah we finally like finally got one and yeah it's pretty as well, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, Jaira is pretty cool. Just decided to print <laughs> just like one that's just objectively better um, <laughs> and more artifact themed because obviously this is. I, I'm, I'm assuming this is the face card for the deck. Yeah, it is. Yeah, this is like the the, 
the commander that will have the most synergy for the deck. So yeah. it's just it's a bit of a, a bit of an annoyance that I've just decided to do that, but it's sweet. Um, I mean, obviously I won't play it because you can't play green. Yeah. <laughs> so what would you? But um, yeah, it's country sweet. Cool. Yeah, I like it a lot. So who, really cool. who have we got next then? So I'm talk about your boy Lord Wingrace. Yeah, there's a uh, name I haven't heard for a while. <laughs> Lord Wingrace. <laughs> Uh, big Panther Man. Yeah, uh, he looks like uh, King from Tekken. Yeah, almost. Stuff. Looks more like more like Armor King, I think. Oh sure, yeah, okay. Hey, I made a reference to a video game. That's good for me. <laughs> just give me. <laughs> so, uh, Long Green Grace is the the Jun Commander. Yes. Which we know is the the land matters thing. Yeah. So we have. Uh, so two black, red, green. He comes in on five. Uh, plus two, discard a card, then draw a card. If a land card is discarded this way, draw an additional card. Seems pretty good. Minus three, return two target land cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. Yeah. Uh, minus eleven, destroy up to six target non-land permanents, then create six two-two green cat warrior creature tokens with forest wall. <laughs> Seems and ridiculous. He can be your commander. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this card's great. Yeah. I really want to build this deck. Yeah, I, I like it. It's it's. It's a fairly interesting. Like it's a, mm-hmm. it's cool that they they're bringing back like a really old character. Yeah, uh, and all of those abilities seem really good and like fairly relevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the plus the plus two draws your cards. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Who knows? Um, obviously, like this is has to be. I mean, even if you just put this in the jump deck, it wouldn't be horrible. Like you, it's yeah. not, like obviously the the Sahili deck is like sort of pushing you to play artifacts. Yeah. Um, but it's not. I mean, this this is the thing. Like these. These seem very much. This is. I'm just going to gush a little bit about commander design. Um, is that they're obviously very um, designed very much towards the the archetypes which they're meant to be. So like the, the Sahili is very much artifact. Yeah. And this is very much about the lands matters. But also these are just good cards. Yeah, definitely. Like you could play this in a Jun deck, like you play this in your Prosh deck or whatever, and you could play the Sahili in your like. Uh, like a different red blue deck. Yeah, definitely. They'd just be respectable. Yeah, like Sahili easily fits into Lotus card. And like this is this is fine. Like you just you discard a card and draw a card. Yeah. And then you probably have an excess land if you're just playing Commander, so you draw an additional card. Yeah. And then the minus three synergizes with the plus two, and then the minus eleven is just good because minus eleven's on Planeswalkers are not quite good. Yeah. But it's, it's just it's I think it's a really cool design, and I actually I think this is the first time since the four color Commanders that I actually want to buy one of the decks because this looks sweet. Cool. Mm. Sweet. Who have we got next? Uh, up next, we've got a it's a new, brand new character. We've got Estrid the Masked. Mm. Uh, it costs one green, white, and blue uh, for a legendary planeswalker. Estrid it has three abilities. Uh, it's plus two. Untap each enchanted permanent you control. Minus one. Create a white or enchantment token named Mask attached to another target permanent. The token has enchant permanent and totem armor. Uh, minus seven. <laughs> <laughs> Put, put the top seven cards of your library into your graveyard. Return all non-aura enchantment cards from your graveyard to the battlefield, and then do the same for aura cards. And Estrid the Mask can be your commander. <laughs> oh, I love all the wordings card. Every single ability is just so excellently worded. Yeah, it's, it's slightly silly. It just seems like one of the most strangely designed cards ever, but also kind of really cool. I love it. Like I just, I like the fact that it's just. Like okay, so we need to design this planet. Like it needs to be. How do we make a planeswalker enchantment themed? Because that's because that's yeah. the thing. Because like with with artifacts, we've had that before. That's fine. With lands, with like that's sort of easy to do. With enchantments, it has to sound so weird. <laughs> like the, 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 the templating of the, like of the abilities has to be so strange. And it's like how do we how do we make slippery bogle a planeswalker? <laughs> <laughs> Well, oh, dude, if Slipper Bruggle isn't in the stack, I'm going to tilt. Yeah. Like, that's, that's <laughs> but yeah, each, like, on top of each enchanted permanent, 
um, <laughs> the token has enchant permanent. Like, of course it does. Um, yeah, the token uh, has enchant permanent and totem armor. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> so basically, like, Estri creates a mask that you put in front of a creature so it doesn't die. Yeah, I think it's a cool flavor. Like, the art's really sweet. It's the, it's the one with the person with all the masks. Yeah, it is really cool. I, I assumed that would have been like a legendary creature from the uh, the art when it was spoiled. Yeah. Didn't really think it would be a planeswalker art, but no, it's, really it's cool. pretty cool. Um, and yeah, the top seven cards you've got Library Chalk Graveyard, which is weird. Eternal Non Aura, Jamming cards, and then the auras, obviously, because you're always going to jump to non auras, so you have to do them in order. Um, yeah. It's a very strange card, but I love it. Yeah. Um, this isn't the. I don't think this is the direction I was expecting, because we knew that the album was going to be the enchantment deck. Yeah, yeah. This isn't the, the direction I thought it was going to go in. Yeah, same. So it's clearly like an aura themed thing. Um, so whether that means creatures or lands or some other sort of weird things or like um, Utopia Sprawl effects or whatever like yeah. I don't know but I'm excited to find out because it's, it's really cool yeah definitely like it it feels really weird and really odd but like in a good way it's mm-hmm. definitely good weird not bad weird and I just can't wait to see the full deck list for the spoil because I think it's going to be very very interesting absolutely I mean speaking of good weird yeah <laughs> we have we have the last one which yes. I, I imagine you're giving to me because who wants to try and pronounce that name <laughs> Uh, Aminato I think so yeah the fate shifter yeah which is uh, just a, uh, just a white blue and a black yeah uh, for a three loyalty planeswalker it has plus one draw a card then put a card from your hand on top of your library yeah so horrendously bad brainstorm <laughs> minus one exile another target permanent you own then return it to the battlefield under your control yeah and then minus six and this is my favourite ability on any of the planeswalker so far <laughs> choose left or right each player gains control of all non-permanents other than uh, Aminato the fate shifter controlled by the text by the next player in the chosen direction Okay. Why? <laughs> so, the, so the plus one. So this is clear, like, so the S meant to be the top of the deck. Yeah. Top of the deck matters thing, right? So the plus one, fine. Then it randomly has a minus one that just blinks something. Yeah. Which doesn't make any sense with the top ability. And then the minus six is just like random nonsense that happens for some reason. You yeah, I, I guess. And like, maybe the minus six is more of like a flavor thing with it being like I'm gonna do the fate shifter. Sure, but changing like the destinies of the people around you. Yeah, but. Uh, it just doesn't seem to make like this is so there's such a lack of cohesion between the abilities yeah because like you know like Sahili says artifact 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 yeah the abilities Wingrace says land 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 Estrid says enchantment 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 this says <laughs> this says put on top of your library blink and just nonsense I don't I mean maybe the deck will like make sense and it'll all come together and we'll look at the deck list and go oh of course that's how you meant to play it but like I can't because with all these all these ones you can just you could buy the commander yeah like literally just the card, and you could build your own deck about uh, around it without using any of the cards in the deck. Yeah, totally. Come in the deck, but this one, like, how do you build this deck? Um, how, like miracles and creatures of blink effect, or like ATB effect. Yeah, but that's that doesn't seem like a that that's not a cohesive strategy, is it? Really? No, not particularly. Because you want to build, you'd want to build a miracle deck, or you want to build a blink deck, or yeah. you want to build a deck where you, you just piss off all your friends with the um, ultimate <laughs> but like you don't normally want all those things in the same deck yeah I just, it seems very strange also why is this child a planeswalker that's what <laughs> I want to do. that is my main question because this is the the creepy little child art like the seven kingdom one which is all so we, we still don't we still don't necessarily know if it's a child like it could I guess it, yeah, it, it, could, it could be some like thousands of years old like you know humanoid sure but has the face of a five year old and is about three foot tall yeah and has like the stature of a child. Yeah. Um, hey, Stranger Things have happened. <laughs> sure. Um, it's, a, it's a very weird one, um, and I'm, I'm excited to see this deck list because what the hell are they going to do? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, it, it, you're right. It does feel feel very weird, and like there's not quite the synergy mm-hmm. cohesion between all the abilities there. But 
I think it I think yeah. it's interesting at the very least and I do really like yep. the um the plus one ability. Like yeah, especially if you like if you're playing a, a deck full of miracles. Mm-hmm. So if you like end up like, you know, drawing one and you can't cast off the miracle cost, you can put it back on top of your library and then draw it again next turn and yep. you know, many, many things you can do. And I, I think even even a bad brainstorm is still a brainstorm, right? Uh, well, I mean, no, this isn't even card advantage. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even, like, it says, like, there are cards that just say, draw a card. Like, there are books that just say, plus one, draw a card, yeah. at this point. <laughs> this one says, draw a card, then get rid of one. Yeah, true. Uh, we all know how bad that ability is. Yeah. Thanks, Tibble. Oh, well. Um, yeah, it's a weird, it's a really weird card, but I'm excited to see what happens with it. Yeah, sure, me too. Um, I just, I just, I, I just love Commander Season. When yeah. we get the new decks out, it's going to be great. And I might actually buy one this year. <laughs> yeah, I think I probably will as well. Like I always end up picking up one, even though I don't like the format or even play the format much at all. But there's always some interesting cards, and I just quite like having you know cool cards for my collection. I think you just have a problem. <laughs> I think Maybe. even if you want one, you just have to buy magic cards. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it's reasonable. Yeah, I also feel like that. Yeah. <laughs> like every time I complete a deck, I'm like, oh, I finally got the cards I need for this deck. I should buy some more. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. <laughs> I finally completed the project. Like I finally like finished my legacy deck. Yeah. Like, oh, they're not only Japanese though, are they? <laughs> See, you, you know, you know what the key is. The key is if if you just never finish a project and start another one. Oh no, no, but I, I, I mean, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> how long has your old school deck been half built? <laughs> oh, I mean, my old school deck's fine, but you know, how many how many episodes have been have been going? Oh, I should probably buy a Bayou. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you still not bought a Bayou? No, no, of course not. Oh, I haven't seen one on the trade page to, to like tag you in. <laughs> it was the last time I saw the, the scrubland, I actually bullied you into it. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't well, tell that much. Saying I was just like, buy it. I'm like, okay, fine, <laughs> sure. Yeah, sure. Uh, bye, bye. That's that's been the end of the episode. We'll see. Uh, sweet. Okay. Well, that that was our little thing on commanders. Do you have a card of the week? Uh, yeah, I do have a card of the week this week. So my card of the week, uh, kind of just plays off all that standard I've been playing. Mm-hmm. So my card of the week is uh, Psy, Master Thopterist from Sweet. Core 2019. Mm-hmm. So two and a blue for a legendary creature, human art officer. It's a 1-4, and then it has the ability of whenever you cast an artifact spell, create a 1-1 colorless Thopter artifact creature token with flying. And you pay one and a blue, sacrifice two artifacts, draw a card. It's pretty good. It's ridiculous. Uh, I, I think that this card is... By far my favourite card from Core Twenty Nineteen. I think in the right deck, in the right strategies, it is like a completely unreasonable. Like it's just sorry, you like this card more than Totally Lost. I like this card more than Totally Lost. I like this card more than Nickel Bolas. That's that's just disrespectful. Yeah. You know what our podcast is called, right? Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, I only play green white decks, and even I find that disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Okay. So yeah, like let's talk about that. That. Mm-hmm. Mono blue paradoxical outcome. If the flux reservoir deck, yeah, so it's been, yeah, been see, been a fair few sort of lists around. Like as as long as those two particular cards have been in standard, like paradoxical outcome and if flux reservoir, and like playing the deck with Boral seemed to be like a good thing, and like it was it was almost like it like you know on the fringe of tier two like playable. Uh, it was was certainly you know a pile of cards that work together to sometimes win games. But I think the inclusion of Psy Master Thopterus has just really pushed the deck, you know, right up, right up solidly into tier two, um, almost like teetering on the edge. I think like you, this card is just ridiculous in 
like in that particular strategy, you just gain so much advantage. Like mm-hmm. you're casting a bunch of one mana and zero mana artifacts anyway, so you're getting you know a load of artifact creatures. Uh, Plus the ability of paying one to blue, sacrificing two artifacts to draw a card. Pretty mm-hmm. good as well, so it just keeps refueling your hand. Uh, and so it works just really well with um, Inspiring Statutory. So you, uh, all of the non-artifact spells you control cost, uh, you can use, they all have improvised. So you can tap your artifacts to pay for a part of the mana cost in them. Sweet, that's pretty useful. So the, the card itself, is, it's just like an all-in-one engine. So if, say if you do something like, you cast cast like a Mox Amber, you're going up two mana suddenly. You cast like uh, any artifact really, like you any of your one mana artifacts you're spending one mana to cast a one mana spell that you then gain two mana when it is battlefield essentially because they can you're getting the one one top to, uh, and the artifact that you cost can both be used to pay for any improvised costs mm-hmm. and then you can also sacrifice some draw cards once they've yeah. used up that cost for improvise this card is this card has a lot of a lot of good applications yeah it just does so much work so much work all on its own mm-hmm. and even even just making thopters like that's almost good enough I mean yeah in most cases it's just good enough to close out the game in itself like as opposed to just using like the, the storm kill from if it looks as a war yeah and I think we'll we'll go into this a little bit deeper later when we do a what the deck because spoiler alert we are going to cover that as the, the what the deck this week because <laughs> there was a quite a surprising result over the weekend yep. but yeah just briefly touching it now we'll definitely cover it later Master Thopterus is my card of the week I can see why yeah <laughs> it's, it seems very good and also very you yeah oh, it is, it's definitely definitely a me card mm-hmm. and I think there's just I don't know there's something quite understated like on the face of it like two and a blue for a one four with a with a pretty cool ability like it just like it seems fine it seems like you look at it and you go oh yeah this is probably a thing this could, could easily be a thing yeah I get that and then you actually play with it and you're like this yeah, this card is just silly. Like, mm-hmm. I think in that deck specifically, when you're combining it with the other cards, as we'll discuss later, like you just generate so much value. It's just unreal. Yeah, sweet. Cool. So that's our cards of the week covered this week. Obviously, we went a, a bit further in depth on Commander 2018 as well, which I'm sure mm-hmm. we'll revisit next week as well, once we'll... We should have the full spoiler by then, right? Uh, oh, God knows how they do spoilers. <laughs> we'll <laughs> we just see. Need to, like, release cards at will. and We'll just have to deal with it when it comes up. But yeah. I, I, so you're going to aggressively talk about commander cards because someone's got to on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So I thought, yeah, really, for this week, our main topic, we could just sort of touch on Core 2019 again as kind of like a whole and sort of see how it measures up to, to Corset's past and kind of see if it answers that, that question of like, what is a Corset? Does it fulfil the purpose of a Corset? Is this mm-hmm. a, has this been a successful release? Yeah. Yeah, so I think if we, we start with Corsets really, like what is a Corset? Like, so core sets are usually form like the, the base set of cards for tournament play sort of across all rotations really mm-hmm. uh, there have been a total which uh, I thought this was quite a quite a nice incidental flavour win uh, if you include alpha and beta there have been a total of 19 core sets with M19 being the 19th oh really? yeah that's so sweet you take obviously alpha is the first beta is second unlimited is third uh, revised as fourth fourth edition is fifth so you kind of like have to skip the number slightly because of alpha and beta are kind of like 1a uh, and 1b uh, sure okay so if you follow that back down to origins your origins is the the 18th set we haven't had one for a while uh, mm-hmm. so it links up nicely with 2019 uh core 20 set 19 being the, the 19th core set oh uh, that's okay see i was very excited for that and then you explained it but you've had to really really fudge the numbers <laughs> well not really sort of slightly slightly yeah you're just saying that, you're just saying that it, it works if you treat fifth edition as if it's sixth edition. <laughs> that just sort of blows everything out of whack. <laughs> well, n- yeah, not really sixth edition, but as as the the sixth core set released, the sixth edition of Magic. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's 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 pretty sweet. So that'll I assume they're doing core twenty and core twenty one, so that'll that'll line up. So as it goes on, no, as, as long as core sets are a thing, like I assume, like I said, it's definitely just a, a nice bit of you know coincidence, uh, and you do you do you have to do a bit of a bit of reimagination of numbers but uh-huh. I thought that's just a nice little thing I caught there that's cool yeah I like that yeah uh, so yeah as of Magic 2010 which was released in 2009 um, they've sort of changed the naming of, the, of them so they so you, we had like limited edition alpha limited edition beta unlimited edition revised edition and then it was like 4, 5, 6 all down to 10th edition mm-hmm. and the one released after that uh, we had two le- two years later after 10th edition we had kind of like the, the relaunch as Magic 2010 so they going forward from then they had this branding of Magic and then whatever the year they were going to be in rotation for mm-hmm. so we had Magic 2010 down to Magic 2015 and we decided well Wizards decided that was it we're going to get rid of core sets uh, yep. and they gave us what they said was going to be the last one with Magic Origins yep. until sort of going back on that and we found ourselves where we are today with Magic Core Set 2019 I just with all this you know Wizards going back and forth on things and saying they'll do things then changing them I wish they'd do that with the reserve list. <laughs> yeah, probably at this point. They, have, they probably have wanted, something. Just wanted to throw that in there just yeah. as a little... You know. Sure. So, you know, we're, not, we're never going to do corsets again. Oh, here's a corset. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, we're not going to do three-set blocks. Oh, here's a three-set block. Sure. <laughs> like, you know, I just... If they're going to go back on anything... <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> they're going to be for their word, then... That's fair, that's fair. <laughs> So um, we find the the goals of the core set really are to uh, set the standard for the standard format for for that year. So huh? they do tend to include a lot of reprints, and they had said for 2019 going forward it was going to be 50% reprints, 50% new cards. So a lot mm-hmm. of the cards that you see in there are cards that they they just want in the format. It's kind of like the baseline. So that's why we have cards like Lightning Strike, Essence Scatter, you know, a whole host of cards like that in there that, you know, they might not have a specific sort of plane or theme in mind and they could just be set on any plane. Here's a way to mm-hmm. stick them into the format without having to commit any sort of design space to them on a on a plane in a plane where you might not necessarily need that effect or could do that effect but in a different way. I mean they've got that trend a little bit this with this set. Yeah. Because it's specifically set like around there's actually is a, you know, like a proper story to go with it. Yeah, totally. With uh and, and, and the other dragons and it's sort of set in Tark Tarkir a bit. Yeah. <clears throat> Which they haven't done before, right? Like yeah, that, uh, that I, f- I feel like it's been it, it, like they they have always had well, not always, but like they have in the past had sort of stories for the core sets um, like obviously Origins was very different because you got a story for each Planeswalker uh-huh. uh, so, but before that you had like the story with Garrick with like M15 oh that's true yeah. and yeah like there, there definitely have been sort of stories sort of interweaved in them but not quite I don't know I, I, I think I think Core 2019 kind of sticks with that as well because they are they're a handful of cards that are reflected in the story like um, like some of like the Elder Dragons and stuff but mm-hmm. then you've got like a bunch of cards from like Armanket and Ixalan and all of these other planes um, that yeah. really don't look like they're going to be covered in the story at all yeah it gives them a bit, a bit of freedom I suppose yeah totally and like they, sort of, they can sort of jam in these like story flavour cards like yeah. the Elder Dragons um, to support a really cool story yeah, we haven't talked about the story yet. The story's really good. Just mm. as an aside, considering how you know when we did that episode about how bad the Dominaria story was. Yeah, this story is really good. Um, I, I I have I have feelings and issues with the story, but we'll we'll uh, do a story episode. Uh, obviously, once we yeah, we've we'll, had the full we'll story. Last week, uh, last time I suppose, and do it all at the end. Yeah, I think, I think we will do. It's like so far, I 
kind of just hate it. Oh, it's so good. Oh, I, I have so many oh, issues oh. with so many characters. There's okay. so many, like, whatever. We'll cover it when we get to it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I didn't know I felt so strongly about it. Yeah, yeah, I really dislike the story. Sure, okay. I'm uh, a really big fan. But, yeah, so they get to put, like, you know, stuff like Tolerance Connor, which is very obviously from Don of Dominaria. Like, yeah. Stuff like Shawstrike, which is obviously set on Zendikar. Yeah. Um, and then, like, yeah, you just get loads of cards from all over the place, but also they get to sort of do a, a sort of story and a, a flavour thing as well, which is really cool. Yeah, totally. Um, I really like core sets. Yeah, they they, they do have a say so they, they do have certain roles to fill, and I think another one of those roles, which I think is, is very important for the game, is that they are sort of geared towards like incoming players and like brand new players. So yeah. they are a really good sort of starting point. So obviously, yeah, like working in a in a game store, like a lot of the time you'd get people coming in and they would sort of ask about Magic the Gathering and it would just be, you know, like, where do I start? Uh-huh. And by far and far, one of the easiest things to do is, is point, a, point a player towards the core set because you know that there aren't going to be sort of too many complicated mechanics in there. Everything's yeah. going to be sort of nice and simple and you set that as their sort of baseline expectations and as the more complicated and more interesting sets come out, you can they can sort of get a bit more involved and explore more and there was a bit of an awkward time between sort of Origins and, and now and we didn't really have a way to sort of do that mm-hmm. it was like yeah like do you, you know you would ask ask them you know well do you like how do you feel about like ancient Egypt and you would start them off an arm and kit or do you like this and you can recommend them this whereas with a course set you can just get a big sort of a big I don't know like a like a sample plate of like everything and mm-hmm. from that you get to sort of pick and choose and see like oh, well, I like playing this type of deck or I like these colours, and then you get to explore those more as you get more depth into the game. And they do sort yeah. of tend to sort of build the, the core sets to have like this nice sort of integration with like the welcome decks that they release. Like they're a nice sort of next step on from those. They fit nicely with the Planeswalker decks and the Deck Builders Toolkit as well as a, a great transitional product. Absolutely. I, I just think core sets are just, they're really, really good. I think this one is a little bit different. Yeah. Um in just the way, like some of the rares and the mythics, yeah. they they don't feel as well geared towards newer players. Yeah, I agree. We, I've, I've, we've had this, I've had this argument before, but like, you're a new player, you're like, oh cool, I, I want to see what cards I open, oh, I want to see what my rare is, because the rare is the most exciting part of opening a booster pack, yeah. and you open an isolate, and you're like, why? Why do I have to open an isolate? What, what does an isolate actually do? Yeah. Uh, so for that, as opposed to like opening a nickel bonus, which is like, oh, this card does loads of things, and it turns into a planeswalker, and it's really cool. Um, so I think this is a li- there's like a couple of misses with the set, but overall I think corsets are great, and like for all those reasons that you explained. Yeah, definitely, I, I think so. I think I think all of the the mythics are fantastic in this in this set specifically. Like, I don't mm. I don't think you could like even like as as a new player you would open a mythic and not think oh this is really cool. Like, at the very worst, like yeah, like I think at the very worst if you're a brand new player, like you would open like a scape shift or a crucible of the worlds and uh-huh. just be like oh this card doesn't do anything this card isn't any good yeah. but then well, you, can, you can then trade trade it away for cards that you do like and you do want for a deck because it's worth something to more experienced players sure that's fair I mean that we get and then all... like the other mythics are like you know the elder dragons which are pretty yeah. cool uh, and then stuff like yeah even stuff like um, like bone dragon it's pretty cool it's a big zombie dragon that comes back You've got yep. five planeswalkers. Uh, Resplendent Angel is really good. Yeah. Omniscience, again, like one you could trade away if you don't like the look of it. And even yeah, like, like Apex of Power. Mm-hmm. Apex of Power even seems like, like as a new player reading that card, you'll go like, whoa, like, you know, if the spell was cast from your hand, add 10 mana of any one colour. Like, uh-huh. 
like I know at least like when I first sort of picked up the game like anything like that I was like oh yeah I'll play this and then I'll get like 10 mana like that's really cool yeah like you just like it's a way, way to appeal to all the sort of Timmy players I suppose yeah totally cast a card and do nonsense and as opposed to like you know casting I Supreme Phantom yeah <laughs> which doesn't do anything in this set yeah and that's, that's the sort of the bridge between like the core set is that it's it's sort of half designed for newer players and to get them into the game and like oh look at this cool dragon and like look at this cool Jin of Wishes that does nonsense yeah and a way of just sort of jamming cards where you can't really put them anywhere else or yeah totally so, so stuff like Spring Phantom where it's like this card does nothing in the set yeah um, like there, there are no spirits in the set like that this actually does anything with but it's a sweet card it's already made an impact in modern um, in the spirits deck and it's just uh, somewhere to just cram cards. Yeah, totally. And places to reprint Scape Shift and Crucible Worlds. Yeah. Places to just print Cleansing Nova because you couldn't find think of a good, of a good place in like it didn't really fit fit with uh, Ixland, for example. Yeah. And stuff like that. And I just think that's it's really cool. And like I think the balance is a little bit off this time. Yeah. Um, like stuff like Sun Cleanser is a little bit too clunky, a little bit awkward. But generally, it just they're just they're just very good. And I'm, I'm really glad the back. Like the um and the draft format's sort of medium most of the time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Which which is a concern, but. I just, they're just inherently a good thing, and I, I think I've, I think Magic has missed them. Yeah, that's it. I, I think my my issues with, or at least with this one in particular, are like a like the draft format isn't isn't very exciting. Like it isn't it doesn't feel very fun. Um, uh-huh. I don't know how much that is impacted from like Dominaria. I feel like if this had come straight after Ixalan, I'd be a lot more happy about playing this. Sure. But yeah, I think it. it it's just it's just not exciting. Like I have no real incentive to draft other than like I want to kind of practice this for nationals. And then yeah. the other sort of gripe I have with it a bit is that as long as it's sort of released pattern and the uh, sort of scheduling pattern of nationals keeps up, like the nationals draft format is always going to be a core set. Uh, that's not great. Which yeah, I, I don't feel like is 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 necessarily great because um, they aren't they never really feel like the most sort of skill intensive formats. And I feel like nationals is you know it, it's it's an event where you you really do want to test the skill of every player in that event mm-hmm. yeah that is, a, that is a bit of a shame yeah so I, I do feel, I feel a little bit let down by that but you know we I mean they haven't even announced a, a core 2020 at this point so <laughs> who knows what might happen this time next year yeah I just changed their minds again yeah, yeah. Uh, I just I just think that they, I, I think one of the problems with core sets is that people sort of misevaluate what they're for yeah totally and you get a lot of entrenched players who are like well this sense rubbish yeah so, well Okay, but it's not for you. It, I mean, also it is for you because Jesus, they've printed some cards in this that have like immediately had a standard impact, immediately had like impacts in the tournament formats and in Commander, and like there's loads of cards for for every sort of format. But yeah. it's also like okay, so you you don't like opening this set and like having to go through lava axes and whatever. Like all right, like not every set is like Magic's so massive that they have to appeal to so many people, and you know like like eighty percent of their player base is just people that buy booster packs and build crap decks at their kitchen table because yeah, it's fun. Totally. But they have to put stuff like in that's not for you that you don't want to play with that you don't care about. Yeah. And like they have to put in Palaka Worm at Rare because that card's incredibly fun and stupid. Yeah. And like Gigantosaur like Gigantosaurus because that's incredibly dumb and stupid. <laughs> um and just because they don't appeal to you specifically doesn't mean that they don't appeal to magic players and the way they make money off boost packs is selling is people going to a local game store um, and just buying packs. Yeah, totally. They they want to open Dijin of Wishes, which is worth 10p, yeah. and they don't open Escape Shift, which is worth like 20 bucks. Yeah. Um, so it's it's just understanding what like what core sets are for. Obviously, they <clears throat> have an impact on standard. They have an impact on constructed formats. They have an impact on competitive players. Yeah. But like they're far and away for because when, when you see like a, a sort of a casual, casual group of people going to a local game store, they'll buy any booster pack. Yeah, totally. They don't want to buy Dominaria, or they don't want to buy like 
that set the house of value in, they just want to buy it. Like, if they see like a journey journey to Nick's booster pack, yeah. which we all know is worth no money, they want to buy it because it's cool and you can open like a sweet guard. Yeah, or, totally. Yeah. But they don't like, so M19 is like to fill that space where they can open a bone dragon. Yeah. And then like, they can open um, uh, Nightly Valor and think it's really good. Yeah. And put it in their deck and it's really, really cool. Um, and they can make their Blanchard armor deck. And it, 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 this is what this is what they're for. And like, when, when I see a lot of people complain, like, oh, it's not very good. It's like, well, yeah, but of course it's never been really good. Yeah, that's but, it. Like, like there's never been exceptional. There's always one or two. I mean, it's like, like if you look at every, like every set, really, like we look at, take the amount of cards from a set that actually sees play in standard, like, even like look at like Dominaria, like the set was fantastic, but mm-hmm. you could probably I mean you count on two hands the amount of cards that actually get played in standard. Yep. And I think it's quite similar with Core twenty nineteen as well. Like, you know, there's only a handful of cards that are actually gonna see any standard play, or at least currently. Mm-hmm. But that's fine because every other set is like that as well. Yeah, but people seem to get sidetracked by the fact that like the cards in it are sort of a little bit more boring than usual. Yeah. Like the rares are the rares are more boring. Like Gigantosaurus is objectively very, very boring as a card. Absolutely, yeah. It's cool. It's very, very cool. <laughs> but it's very, very boring. Yeah. And that's just sort of how they are. Um, that's how courses are, and they have to sort of be that way because they're they're primarily for new players. Um, and I, I, I get annoyed when people don't seem to understand that. <laughs> I, yeah. I could run for a while, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, like you said, the, I think the the fact that they are for everyone, like even I think even more so than than any other set, to be honest, because they are geared towards new players, like because the complexity is low. Yeah because they have reprints like yep. you know like I'm happy with the core set because I can pick up a scape shift for like £7 now as opposed to like $80 yeah exactly and thing, you know like, some it, casual player who doesn't play with sleeves at their kitchen table is mm-hmm. happy because they bought a pack and they got like a you know demanding dragon in there exactly like, whereas I think with something like like I don't know like Dominaria or like uh, let's say like take like Kaladesh for example like let's say if I buy a buy a pack of Kaladesh and open up like I don't know like a yeah even say Aetherflux Reservoir or something I open up that and go alright sweet like I know what I want to do with that like oh open up like a Disallow and I'm like yeah awesome Disallow love that card mm-hmm. and then let's say like you know new or casual player opens up for the pack and they get the same card and they or like you know any other card I open up like a vehicle or something and they're like oh well this looks complicated I'm not really interested in this you don't really have that as much with this this corset because things things are are so stripped back but also have that sort of like easy to understand yet still cool for new players element in them yeah absolutely and I mean just like you can just look at just the sort of like a cross section of these cards and like there's something for literally everyone so like Constructed players, like people who care about standards specifically, yeah. have like Ajani and Nickel Bowlers, which are objectively good cards for standard. Yeah. Um, modern players have like uh, Escape Shift and Crucible World re- reprints. Yeah. And a, a new toy in like the Spirit card and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Legacy players have a couple of new toys in like the stuff like Isolate and um, I always forget the name of this card because I don't care about it. Infernal, whatever. Infernal, Infernal Reckoner. Reckoner. Yeah. Then you got like Mist Caller as well. Yeah, exactly. There's cards, there's cards for those formats that are interesting to use. Um, then your casuals have got um, all of the cards that are fun. Yeah, like, Bone Dragon, like Demanding yeah, Dragon. Wishes, yeah. Lena, Selfless Champion, like all these like really cool, fun cards. Um, then like Commander players have like Goreclaw and all the Elder Dragons because Ar- Arcadius is objectively crap in every other format. If anyone <laughs> tries to send me a link to that modern deck again that features Arcadius, <laughs> I would slap them, I swear to God. <laughs> oh, this is not your kind of thing, it's playing Noble Hierarchy. No, no, just get it, it's terrible. So, um, it's like uh, Wall of Kelp Tribal. Oh, God. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want it. I hate it. Um, 
but it's, it's stuff for everyone. Like, and it's it's like they've done a really good job. I still think that some of the rares are a miss. Yeah, I agree. Um, and ambient of safekeeping is still boggling. Um, <laughs> but like transmogrifying, transmogrifying, transmogrifying wand. Yes, it's just silly and great. Yeah. It, it's a suspicious bookcase. One of the greatest cards ever designed. And you still got all this stuff. And then, and then like, the limited format is fine. And, like, they've clearly thought about it because Skyscan is nuts. Yeah, definitely. And, like, the, the, the dragon that we didn't take today was, like, it, it's incredibly good. And, like, there's still a format that you enjoy. You don't hate it. You don't... It's not another Ixalan where you just don't want to play the format anymore, but you have to. Yeah, totally. You'll play this format and you'll test for nationals, but you'll sort of enjoy it at the same time because, because like, you open one of the, all the gold cards and you're like, well, this is nuts. Yeah. Or you open a Chaos one and you're like, this is going to be great. This is going to be really fun. So, like, there's, there's something here for everyone. And I think, they, like, they've done a good job. Yeah, I think so. Like considering we haven't had a we haven't really had a core set since like twenty fourteen. And yeah, since then like Magic R and D and like your Wizards of the Coast in general and I mean the game in general has changed a lot since then. Mm-hmm. Um like I wouldn't count Origins because it was it wasn't necessarily designed for like a core set sort of theme in mind. It it felt very different for core set. I thought it was a fantastic set. Um mm-hmm. quite possibly one of the best core sets they've ever done, but it didn't feel like a core set in the same way the others have. Yeah. And I think like given the amount of time it's been since the last core set and because there was there was just a clear need for this product, I think they've I think they have successfully filled that that gap. Yeah, definitely. It's just it's it fills so many holes and like is able to do so many things for the game of magic yeah totally so i i really like all sets and yeah i agree i can i'm glad it's back i i do think you are you're definitely right like you know wizards of the coast don't design a magic set like with you in mind specifically like that's not <laughs> yeah, something that happens like they yeah. they design products that are you know meant to be for everybody or as, as close to everybody as, as they can get yeah and you know if that means every year we're gonna get like a core set that might might contain some good cards for standard or some good reprints we need, but mm-hmm. might not necessarily be fun or exciting. Like I yeah, think I as long as we, as long as we keep getting dominarias and like our devastations, I think I think we're going to be fine. Yeah, I like this, this is what you say. Like people that think that magic is meant to be for them, like they have a specific view of what magic is meant to be like, what magic sets meant to be like, what magic cards are meant to be like. And when that doesn't fit their sort of criteria, they get they throw a bit of a tantrum about it. Yeah, but like and I I feel that like this set isn't for me. Like I got. A couple of new commander cards, and I can pick up a crucible blood for a reasonable amount of money. But this set isn't for me. Like, like this set doesn't excite me. Um, I'm not. I, I will play and borrow a standard deck that is good. Yeah. But this set, this set isn't for me, and that's fine. But I'm still going to enjoy it. Yeah, totally. Um, once in a while, you get a dominaria, which is like, which is one of my favorite sets of all time. Yeah, like I opened like four boxes of dominaria. Yeah. I've opened one of 2019, and that's probably all I'm going to do. Yeah, because you open one every time. Yeah, I open um, one every time, and I, I don't feel like I need to or want to open any more of this. Yeah, sure, that's perfectly reasonable. Um, and, like, this is like stuff at Dominaria, like, I, I got, like, I mean, all my commanders are from Dominaria, pretty much. And I got those three commander cards, and I got, like, a couple of cards that I'm playing with in Modern, and, like, it, like I got a set, a set and I, I drafted, like, it all the time. Yeah. Because it was really fun, so that was a set that was for me. And it obviously wasn't designed for me, but it, like, it, it felt like I was the kind of player they're aiming at. Yeah, totally. But, uh, you care about the flavour a lot, you care about the draft format a lot, and you care about constructed cards. Yeah. Um, whereas this is this isn't, and that's fine. Um, yeah, totally. Because they are like, oh, I can't believe they didn't print this card in M nineteen. Like, okay, write them a letter, <laughs> a bin. Who cares? Like, just deal with it. <laughs> sure, sure. Just, just be an adult about it. Yeah. <laughs> You're playing children's card game. Just, just be an adult about it. There are other hobbies. <laughs> I said I wasn't going to get angry, but like, there are other hobbies. If, like, yeah. if you don't, if, if really, like, you get annoyed because they haven't printed a certain card in the set, or like, you feel like this set isn't as good as other sets, 
there are other hobbies there are other card games there are other things you can spend your money on yeah I mean not even that like you like you don't have to have to buy the set like yeah you can just play just, Commander just, yeah care. just like skip this set and well, exactly. go Ravnica like well that's the thing you, you can be like okay I'm going to pick up this uh, Isra the Awakener and this other card for my Commander deck and I'm not going to care about any of the other set, and I'm not going to know anything about it, and I don't care. Yeah. Do that. Don't moan about it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I hate all Magic players. That's I'll edit that bit out. <laughs> what? You edit that bit out? Yeah. I hate all Magic players. No, everyone knows that. It's fine. Sure, sure. I like people. I just hate Magic players. <laughs> Fair enough. Because <laughs> they all play Magic wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah. so uh, would you say that Core 2019 is a is it a successful product? I would say it uh, there are some flaws. <clears throat> yep. But um and I wouldn't say it's a great set, yep. but I'd say it is a successful set which is different to it being a good set. Yeah, I I agree there 100%. Like it 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 does the job that it needs to do. Mm-hmm. It's not exciting, it's not particularly fun, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad thing. It just means that it's just something different. It's here for a little while, and you know, maybe, maybe this feels bad coming off Dominaria. Maybe Ravnica is going to feel extra good coming off the back of this. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, like, this isn't Battle for Zendikar. Yeah, this isn't Thank just that. <laughs> like, there are absolutely. This is successful in its aim. Its aim is to like, and it has so many aims. That's why it's so impressive. Yeah, its aims are like reprint cards, make good standard cards, make new players play the game, like incl- involve commander players, involve all these people. Uh, make a decent draft format like it's successful on all of its aims whether yeah. like the degree to which it is successful is something to be argued but yeah. it is successful in hitting everything yeah I would but agree there I was meant to be a good standard set that had good law and it had neither of those things so <laughs> <laughs> um, it's successful but I think it's like a 5 out of 10 probably yeah I think so like I I would probably give it a, yeah give it a 5 out of 10 as well like it's it's certainly not the worst limited environment I've played mm-hmm. it's not a particularly fun one but yeah it's it's fine it's just fine just a 5 out of 10 solid fine it's, it's given you Cymaster Valtrus so clearly it's got something right it has exactly and that card is absolutely fantastic I think segues us nicely into our What the Deck this week sure. it comes mm-hmm. from uh, the Netherlands National Tournament since the Dutch Nationals uh, and it is Mono Blue uh, Paradoxical Reservoir <laughs> So it's, it's it's that deck I've been going on for for a couple of weeks now, and like I said, we've seen various different versions of it throughout the format, um, and for as long as those cards have been the standard, but it looks like somebody's, somebody might have finally found a list that is, is just really successful, um, and it is quite probably due to Psymaster Thopterist. So mm-hmm. I'm going to run through the list for you. So we've got four copies of Zalfirian Void. Uh, we've got one Inventor's Fair. We've got mm-hmm. 13 Islands. Sweet, your land base there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got four Ornithopters, three Mox Amber, four Renegade Map, four Prophetic Prism, two Metal Spinner's Puzzle Knot, two Glintness Grain, four Psy Master Thopterus, four Inspiring Statuary, three Metallic Rebuke, three Aetherflux Reservoir, two Commit to Memory, uh, four Paradoxical Outcome, and three Brawl's Expertise in the main board. And in the sideboard, you've got two Antiquities War, three Khan Cyan Aversa, Two Exclusion Mage, two Ether Meltdown, one Jace's Defeat, two Negate, one Navigator's Compass, one Unwind, and one Fountain of Renewal. Sweet. Yeah, so there's lots and lots of sort of spicy sort of one ofs and you know very interesting cards in the sideboard there. Like I'm not sure exactly if that's like the sideboard that I'll settle on or if that's kind of like if this is exactly sort of the final build of the deck. But mm-hmm. this this deck did did yeah surprisingly really well. So I guess I'll I mean I've run through it quite a few times in various different decks now, but it does pretty much what. Um, 
every sort of Paradox of Arkham deck wants to do. In this one, it's using a little bit of a different combination to, to kill, get the kill, which is with Flux Reservoir. So, with Flux Reservoir, uh, it's a four-man artifact, and it says, whenever you cast a spell, you gain one life for each spell you've cast this turn. And then you pay 50 life, and it deals 50 damage to target creature or player. So, Sweet. yeah, you're playing lots of zero-mana artifacts in your Mox Ambers and your Ornithopters and lots of one-mana artifacts and you used to fight your renegade maps and cards like Prophetic Prism to draw you cards and you're bouncing all those artifacts with Paradoxical Outcome and you're using the Thopter tokens generated by Psy Master Thopterist in conjunction with Inspiring Statue to cast all of those cards for like essentially one mana. So Inspiring Statue gives all of your non-artifact spells improvise so you can tap an artifact to pay for the part of the cost. Mm-hmm. So you'll find your Paradoxical Outcome usually only costs one mana, your Baral's Expertise usually only costs two mana, uh, your Commit to memory only costs like three mana in total if you're committing something and then memory something. So you found it very, very easy just to get out your Flux Reservoir down and then just play like play a couple of spells, play a paradoxical outcome to return those spells to your hand, those artifacts to your hand, cast them again, and suddenly you find yourself a 50 life and you just dome your opponent for 50. It's pretty good. Um, it's one of those decks like it seems like on paper just like a little loose and like it's just going to be a little bit of a glass cannon and just die to itself sometimes. Like you're not going to have the card draw there uh, you know you might not find like all the cards you need but I think like I say, the inclusion of Psy really helps the deck because you can use your extra mana to sacrifice your artifacts and draw cards so you find that Psy in itself is quite a quite a powerful engine yeah it seems very very powerful when it all comes together but like you said like, there, is a, there is a bit of a a worry of because there's a lot of moving pieces in this deck it is absolutely so like I said on, on paper it it definitely certainly does look like a like a what the deck mm-hmm However, this deck did win the uh, the Dutch Nationals. Uh, of course it did. The whole tournament, yeah. So obviously you had, you had a, quite a few rounds in there that were in the Swiss rounds that were limited, that were uh, Core 2019 draft. But yeah, it won overall. It won the, the top eight standard as well. Sweet. And I think the sideboard plan of uh, using the Antiquities War is something that works really nicely uh, with Sidemaster Thopterus too, especially in conjunction with Khan. Like, one thing I found, I've been playing the deck online quite a lot, and the list that I've been playing runs Khan in the main board. Uh, like you just get to cast Khan for free so many times from the amount of Thopters you make from Psy uh-huh. and then the Khan comes into your hand and then you can either you know make a massive like construct token or you just like draw a card Sounds like good. Khan helps help, Khan just helps with the consistency of the deck and is also a win con in itself and uh, so, like the Antiquities Ward is the same thing as well like very very quickly you'll find you've got a load of artifacts because of Psy making Thopter tokens and then by the time you you reach, you know, like the the third chapter of Antiquities War. You're swinging for like thirty in the air. That seems uh, pretty powerful. It's pretty good, definitely. Like I think it's one of those decks that you just really need to play it just to get the feel for it. Like when it all comes together, and it comes together like a lot more consistently than you'd imagine. Hmm. I mean, it's not my kind of deck. No, so <laughs> certainly not. It's definitely not a deck for everyone, and I think that it's not a particularly easy deck to pilot, and you do have to find yourself sort of committing to the combo quite a lot in it, but. Mm-hmm. I think it is one of those decks that definitely has some real potential now, and it's the, the fact that it won Dutch, Dutch Nationals like is proof alone that it can be done. And I think that it can be a very rewarding to deck deck to play if that's the kind of deck that you like, and you know you like to have all of these decisions to play and like sequencing to sort of think about. And yeah, I think based on the amount of practice I've been getting with the deck and just how interesting and different the deck is combined with this this win it had at Dutch Nationals is 
pretty much locked me into playing this deck for Nationals myself. It's certainly a lot more exciting than Castle and Goblin Chain Whirlers. Absolutely, yeah. Although it does have a bit of a problem with Goblin Chain Whirler because it just like kills all of the Thopter tokens. Yeah, uh, yeah, but I mean, sure. Are yeah. you looking to untap with your Thopter tokens? I mean, it depends. Like, if you're doing it post-born, you've got, like, the Antiquities War out. Uh-huh. And, yeah, when Antiquities War goes to two and they just play a Chain Whirler and it kills all your artifacts, like... I imagine you're not bringing the Antiquities War against the decks, are you? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely not. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, like, a one-of. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I think I just need to play against Mono Red a little bit more to settle on it. But Mono Red seems to have fallen out of favour quite a bit, which is yes. kind of, like, surprising, but also, like, really relieving. Yeah. I'm quite relieved that I don't just have to play that deck because it's like the best deck well that you know you're not as committed to winning tournaments as other people <laughs> <laughs> I mean I'm probably just going to go X4 and scrub out and go play the old school championship instead see I'm just cutting out the middle man and just going to go play the old school championship yeah I just want that flooded tram promo that's the thing yeah that's true that's that kind of I've seen a few people like um, a few people post them on the trade group yeah. they look really nice yeah they are very nice but we'll see we'll do some more nationals talk in the coming weeks as we get closer to the tournament but I think that just is about does it for this week mm-hmm. as always you can reach out to us on social media you can get us at facebook.com slash hfdcast also on twitter at hfdcast or our personal social media I'm at peachgardenoaf that's over with an F on twitter and I'm just joe loudon l-o-w-d-o-n on facebook you can find me uh, I'll be posting in pretty much any magic group like constantly I think is probably the best, mm-hmm. best way to describe it yeah you'll see me around mm-hmm. you can find me on twitter at snail69 nice <laughs> Uh, or just Sam Neil on Facebook. I'm the one aggressively buying and then selling cards. Just buying <laughs> cards and then selling exactly the same cards two weeks later at a loss. Uh-oh. Uh oh. I'm an idiot. <laughs> um, yeah, just come tell me things. Come tell me how wrong I am about everything. Um, and give me something else to complain about. Because <laughs> <laughs> all I do is complain about magic players. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, more stuff to edit out. Yeah. <laughs> Well, once again, uh, we are approaching the second hour. The Godfather has returned, so we'll see you again next week on Hour of Devastation. 